Dad wrote Dad did hello all of you. Welcome to my acting podcast. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Just kidding. It is the opposite of Christmas right now. It is the middle of the summer. It is uh, very hot outside, uh, very humid. Uh, a lot of people going to the beach. A lot of people showing off what they got, trying to get the milkshake to bring the boys to the beach. Uh, but, uh, as we all know, on a hot day, a milkshake is, uh, 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 it, it's not that great. I mean, you think it's good for a moment, you know, you're trying it, and it's, oh, it's so refreshing, all of a sudden you got milk, a lot of milk in your throat, and you're, you're coughing, and you're spitting, and, uh, if you, if you can't find a drinking fountain or anywhere to get some nice cold water, or coconut water, or, or hose water, uh, nothing, nothing, nothing's better than a good, good sip of hose water, I always say, you know, you... You find a hose in somebody's front yard, and you just yeah, you taste that rust. Reminds you of the, reminds you of the blood coming out of your gums in the morning when you brush your teeth. And that's you know that's 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 what summer's about. Uh, it's about tooth decay, more or less. And uh, 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 but you got to stay hydrated. Uh, one of the key things for an actor is to stay hydrated. Uh, you got to stay full of water. Otherwise, your spit is gonna look—it's gonna be thick. It's gonna be a solid, and uh, it's gonna—it's it's gonna affect your vocal cords, and you're not gonna be able to project and reach the middle of the theater uh, 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 on, on a very hot day. You'll sound like this. Ah, uh, Romeo, oh God, Romeo, little Romeo, little Romeo, where for? Uh. And, and that's why you don't drink a milkshake before a show. Uh, uh, that's just a little piece of advice. Um, and speaking of advice, I, I have a guest. Uh, I have a guest, uh, a calling guest, a guest over the phone. He refused to come to uh, my neck of the woods. Uh, he said traffic. He said he said a lot of things, and uh, all of them valid. Yes, uh, uh, danger. Uh, he said that uh, he heard he heard that there were a lot of rioting going on because of certain. Anyway, the uh, uh, he called in over the phone. He's a, he's a, he's a director, director of films, a director of uh, Chasing Christmas, a director of It's a Disaster, a director of The Seed Stirs. Uh, 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 his name is Todd Berger. Todd, short for Todd. Burger, uh, short for. Oh, oh. oh excuse me. I'm so, I'm so sorry about that. There was a, a little bit of wind coming out of my stomach. It was. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I, I've been very stressed out lately. I've been very stressed. Um, not a lot of people in my neighborhood are, are very friendly to me since the incident with the ducks. And by the incident with the ducks, I mean the times that I accidentally fed a bunch of ducks glass and they all passed away in the street. And uh, the garbage bed refused to clean all that up. So they're still there. Anyway, Todd Berger called in and uh, we have an interview with this fantastic director. I would recommend watching It's a Disaster because uh, it's a real treat. And uh, 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 if you don't like it, you're a disaster, and fuck you. So let's start that interview now. Hello there. 
Is this uh, Todd? Todd Berger, the director? Todd Berger. Todd Berger, that's me. So uh, you're a director, you're a writer, you're an actor. What, uh, what, what, what do you, how would you classify yourself? Uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a renaissance man, really. I'm a man of uh, many talents, a master of none. Uh, but I would pr- primarily say I am a writer-director, a, an actor being a distant, distant third. A distant third. Now, I think I did, I did I see you popping up on Parks and Recreation the other day when I was watching that? Is that... Uh... You did. You did. I played a photographer in an episode from season two. I also am currently in a Dairy Queen commercial that has become fairly ubiquitous that I feel like they're showing every five minutes. So keep Dairy for Queen. That. So uh, when you do a Dairy yeah. Queen commercial, do they, they let you eat the food? Do you get to keep some? you take it home? Because I know uh, there's a lot of jobs where I, I end up taking a lot of food uh, uh, from, the, from the sets because I don't, uh, I don't have a lot of my own. And uh, is, is, there such, oh. is there a Dairy Queen? Uh, do, do you get pretty much whatever you like when you go in there? Do you, are you like uh, an owner? Well, so I, I, had to, uh, I had to drive about an hour and a half east of Los Angeles. I'm, I'm here in Los Angeles, and I had to drive about an hour and a half east because that's where the closest Dairy Queen actually was. And then the commercial was for chicken strips, like the chicken strip basket. And so uh, the first couple times we did it, I would take a bite of the chicken strip, and I would actually eat it. And then the assistant director came over after the first couple takes and said, you're, you're going to want to start spitting that out into a spit bucket. And I was like, no, no, it's fine. I don't mind. He's like, no, I don't think you understand how many times, how many times you're going to have to eat these things. And I probably bit into and then chewed a hundred chicken strips. I'm not exaggerating. A hundred over the course of three or four hours. And uh, I I didn't want a chicken strip for a couple months. That sounds like a dream. Just to have all that food sitting there in front of you, just chewing away. Chomp, chomp, yeah, yeah, Dairy was, Queen chicken fun. strips. And uh, it was, did they give you any ice cream or just the chicken the whole time? Just all chicken. No, the, the Blizzard machine, the Blizzard machine wasn't even working. They didn't even really turn it on for you. That's, that's dis- no, I, I was going to say, hey, can I get a Blizzard for the ride home? And they had shut down the actual restaurant for the day to shoot the commercial. And the Blizzard machine wasn't even on, and I was so sad. So you, uh, you made It's a Disaster. That is a, a film about uh, uh, the end of the uh, end of the world. Is that uh, is that the one that just came out with uh, Seth Rogen and uh, at uh, what's his name, the guy, the, the pineapple guy? No, that was uh, James Franco. I believe is his name. That movie was called This Is the End, and that's actually a remake of my film. Uh, ah. My film came out in April. Yes, yes, yes. They're really get, the remakes are coming a lot faster these days. So my film came out in April, and they already had a remake out by June. It's kind of impressive. That and is I believe there's already a remake. I think in August there's a remake of, called The World's End. They remade uh, This Is the End, which was a remake of It's a Disaster. But It's a Disaster in actuality was a remake of Seeking a Friend for the End of the World, I've, which I've, it itself was, I believe, a remake of something from French movie. Amazing! That is amazing. So yeah. it's, like eventually, yeah. it's all just going to be one movie out there. We're all going to be in it. It's going to be a great time. Uh, when you made it, it's, it's a disaster. Uh, uh, how, how long did it take to shoot? It was all that. It was all that one house, more or less. And uh, um, uh, did you all just live in that house and uh, sh- shoot it on your iPhones, or did you do it? Because uh, I'm trying to make a movie myself, and I'm, I'm wondering what 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 uh, what I need to do. We, well, I mean, iPhones were an option, but we actually shot on the Aerial Alexa, which is very nice. 
high-definition camera. We shot all in one house. We did not stay in the house, but we did, in lieu of trailers, we decided to rent the house across the street um, and have that be like the cast hangout house. And uh, because we didn't have any money uh-huh. for the movie. And we, we quickly learned that the house across the street that we had rented here in Los Angeles was the house that Marvin Gaye had been murdered in. Oh, in my. 1981. Yeah. So it was, I'm pretty sure, haunted by his ghost. Did you guys and bring Aaron a Ouija Hayes board in the there? Act- no, we never did. But Erin Hayes, one of the actresses in the film who plays uh, Emma, she is convinced she was impregnated with Marvin Gaye's ghost baby. My God. Um, I, I don't, I, I'm not sure if she came to term or what happened with that, but she was fairly convinced that she was carrying a ghost baby. I haven't talked to her about it in a while, though. Yeah, that sounds like a, something that uh, you may want to get in touch with her about, because that would be a fascinating documentary about raising the ghost child. It was. Marvin Gaye. Yeah. Having to, having to get a some sort of seance just to try to contact the father for yeah. alimony payments. Oh, I didn't mm. even think about that. That's it's a whole... Uh, yeah, yeah. It's got to be fairly inconvenient. Ghost buddy for the ghost baby. Got to go find a good ghost preschool. Uh, you gotta, uh, and then the baby, and well, the, the the baby's half ghost, so the baby can get ghost scholarships probably eventually at some point. That's right. It's bispectral at that point, I think. Uh, yes, yes. So, uh, you 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 premiered the film at the LA Film Festival, and uh, yes. you, you won the New Orleans Film Festival Best Audience Award. Was that was that a good feeling? Well, the, it wasn't the Best Audience Award because I'm sure the audience was great in all of the films, but we won Best Film given by the audience. Uh, I believe the Best Audience Award went to the audience for uh, The Sapphires. Ah, The Sapphires. That audience was pretty great. I mean, our audience was okay, but that really was the best audience, so I will give you that. How how, how do you cultivate a good audience like that? Are there steps that you can take to make sure that you get those kind of audiences? Oh, yeah, it's like uh, Studio 54 in the 70s where you kind of have to stand outside with a velvet rope and you have to kind of look people over. I don't want to say you're profiling. I'm not going to use that word. But there is a lot of, like, you, you, and you, you're in. If anyone looks like they're not going to be a good audience member, like, they probably won't laugh. Uh, or they might be, like, heavy breathers. You'll, you'll turn them away. Uh, you have to be very c- critical when it comes to your picking your audience. So if I were to lie there, I would I would have to be very careful, you know, because I have a, a pretty heavily broken nose, and, and on occasion it it sort of it, it does tend to make me a heavy breather, especially when I'm excited. Oh. And I, I have to say that I was very excited oh watching watching this film. Uh, I liked it with oh, well, the, the people outside uh, passed away because they were they were late. Spoiler alert! That was a very it was a moment yeah. that uh, I feel like I would have I, I certainly would have passed away in that instance, and. Uh, um, Oh my! What uh, what what made you so interested in uh, the end, the end, the end of uh, of 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 man? I suppose in that area of uh, of of the world, the Los Angeles area. What what are the things well, that sort in, of? Uh... I live in Los Angeles, and there's a constant fear of earthquakes um, here. You know, people are always talking about a constant thing that you always say is, for instance, I was at a bar on Saturday night, and at this bar, it was like a mixology bar, and there was this giant, like, weird chandelier hanging right over our heads, and someone said, wow, I wouldn't want to be here in an earthquake, and that's a constant thing that people say all the time here in L.A., is, wow, 
wow, I wouldn't want to be here in an earthquake. Um, if you're in a crowded elevator, someone would be like, wow, I hope there's not an earthquake. And so when there is going to be an earthquake, we all assume we're going to be home. Like you all, you assume you're going to be in bed or on your couch at home. But there's a very good chance you'll be in your car, you'll be at the bank, you'll be at a dinner party. You don't know where you're going to be, and you don't know who you're going to be stuck with. So I love the idea of being somewhere unexpected during a horrible disaster. And that's when I came up with this idea of like a very uncomfortable couple's brunch that you don't even want to go to in the first place. And then when you get there, it's the end of the world, and you're now stuck with these people maybe for the rest of your life. That is, yes, uh, that's, um, it's become, it's become very much a fear of mine now. Anytime I'm in an uncomfortable situation, I'm like, well, I, there's, a, there's a chance this could be forever. This is, uh, this is what yeah, I'm going to be doing for the never. rest of my life. We're going to be hanging out with these, with these people. Um, but, uh, so David Cross, he plays a character with a bit of a, a bit of a, 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 a twist. He, he plays, uh, something, something a bit off, off type from his own regular personality I, I suppose you could say uh, uh, what was it like uh, directing uh, all of those big Dave actors there with America Ferrari and uh, and uh, uh, Rachel Bo- Boston it was interesting because you know everyone has brings their own kind of different take everyone has their own approach to acting and you know I just tried to acclimate to what the, they were used to and you know uh, Julia, for instance, would kind of, you know, want to bring me aside before we were to shoot and be like, let's talk about the scene. Um, America Re- Ferrer really likes to get into her character, and she plays a chemistry teacher in the, in the movie. And America actually uh, enrolled in a four-year college to get a degree in uh, educational studies and then spent two years teaching chemistry at inner city schools um just to know what it was like all in research for this movie that's dedication and yeah and she then actually uh went to a dentist's office and asked them to douse her with low level levels of radiation just so she she could feel what it would be like and i thought that was a lot of dedication whereas david just kind of showed up and did what i told him Right, and, and, the, and just just like in, in all movies, you really cannot tell the difference, regarding uh, how much work people put into things. Uh, uh, some people, yeah. some people just they just have it, and uh, other people they don't. And I would say that uh, uh, it was very clear that uh, America had it; she had it on right. screen. Right in the end, in the end, it's what it's what's about on screen. She could walk. She they, they did all those drugs. Did she take any drugs uh, uh, beforehand to uh, uh, you know for those scenes to learn how to how to play those kind of? She yeah. She went to Burning Man for two weeks. Um, she changed her name to Star, star Moon, which I don't doesn't even make sense to me. I don't understand what a Star Moon is. But she went to Burning Man for uh, two or three weeks. She set up a, like a little commune out there and was. On uh, uh, I think Special K, um, Ecstasy, all of them. I would get a lot of strange text messages from her at all hours of the night. Oh, that sounds like fun. Is that yeah, just one of the many fun. perks of being a director? Is you get to cultivate those kind of relationships with the with the people out there? And uh, have you uh, ever uh, directed anything that was more serious than uh, uh, It's a Disaster or The Seedsters? 
Uh, well, I did do a documentary a few years ago. Uh, I'm from New Orleans, and I, uh-huh. and I did a documentary about the first Mardi Gras after Katrina, the hurricane, if you remember that. I do. Uh, old disaster from 2005. Um, and parts of it are serious, you know, because it's about the destruction of a major American city, but it's also, it has a lot of funny parts in it because it's about the spirit of New Orleans and the the, um, the can-do spirit that the city had in order to put Mardi Gras on. But there are some, there are some touching parts in it. And that was probably a big inspiration for me as well, just for its disasters growing up in a city where hurricanes were constantly rolling up and trying, threatening to destroy us all. Sure. Is that you've just moved from one, uh, one dangerous place to another? You're uh you're like a you're all, I do, you you're, know? You're like a war correspondent in a way, but you're uh Yeah, I'm like um I'm like Brad Pitt in World War Z. I just like to go from one hot zone to the next. That is that is a fantastic way to live. You're living on the edge. Uh uh living yeah. on living on a wig and a prayer. I, I, I respect that. And uh, I you noticed that some of uh well, some of all the movies of yours that I've seen uh have a uh, sort of a specific comedic tone that uh, I think is yeah, kind of remarkable. And I was wondering what, uh, what, what influences you to get sort of those, those deadpan moments that... Uh, are... uh, I, I, I guess I, I really just, you know, I grew up loving like screwball comedies like the Marx Brothers and, and things like that where the humor came not only from you know, jokes, but from, like, awkward looks into the camera and awkward moments and awkward silences. And then I, I really like, you know, Christopher Guest movies, you know, Waiting for Guffman and kind of that, the awkwardness of, of satire more than I ever liked, you know, Adam Sandler movies or, you know, movies where people fell down the stairs. So I just try to take that kind of screwball, but, like, low-key screwball approach uh, if that makes any sense, and bring that to the film. Because that's how I live my life every day. Yeah. I give a lot of people, I roll my eyes a lot and then look to a camera that's not really there. And people are always like, what are you looking at? And I'm like, what? And they're like, I just said something. And then you looked over and rolled your eyes. Who are you rolling your eyes at? And I'm like, I wasn't looking at anyone. That's great. But, that, that, I think, and I think that yeah. is some excellent advice for young young directors and actors. If you can just just roll your eyes and look away from people, I know that yeah. I know that it makes it, it certainly uh, creates a uh, you know a power dynamic there. That's very interesting. And uh, what, other, what what other, what other advice would you have for for young people who are trying to be the next Todd Berger? Um. Well, you could probably look into changing your name. Sure. Uh, I think you can do it at the Department of Motor Vehicles. Um, but if you just want to be someone like Todd Berger, uh, which is me, uh, you know, I would say I once interviewed Matthew McConaughey in Austin, Texas, when I used to work for the student television station. And he was at a movie premiere, and I was on the other side. I was working for the student television station, and I asked him, uh, Matthew, what advice would you give to young filmmakers? And he said two things. First, he said, one day at a time, big picture in mind. And then he said, you got to pick direction, north, south, east, or west. And then you got to give yourself five, six lanes to swerve. So I think that, that sums up my philosophy on becoming an artist right there. Well, it seems to be working for you, I must say. that. Uh, I, I, yeah, oh, yeah. 
And uh, <clears throat> what what uh, what kind of actors are you looking for out there when you're when you're trying to cast your films? How how uh, directly involved are you with the casting? And uh, have you uh, written anything with me in mind? Um. Well, you know, uh, I'm always looking for uh, people who are just committed, people who, you know, want to make something good versus people who just want to be famous, people who want to delve into the role. Um, I'm always looking for hot, young, sexy, good-looking people. Sure. Um, Because we would rather see that on screen. Um, And as for writing a part for you, I mean, I haven't specifically written a part for you, but... um, I do, I do, there is a script that I have that you could probably be a good fit for. It's about uh, kind of this young uh, adventurer, like kind of Indiana Jones type um, that my friend Blaze would play. But then there's his brother. It's kind of this like screw up loser uh, who, you know, doesn't, doesn't know what to do with his life, may or may not have some sort of Asperger's, we don't know. Sure. Uh, so I, I could send you that. You know, yeah, that'd like be terrific. It. So I'd, I'd, uh, I would play, yeah. the, uh, I would play the, the, the screw-up loser, uh, p- uh, piece of garbage brother, and uh, is there nudity, is there a Absolutely. sex scene, hopefully something humiliating that uh, I could sort of... Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. ...really sink my teeth into. You're... You actually, we we suspect he might there, there might be something wrong with him because he actually rarely ever wears pants, even when it's it's set in Detroit in January. Okay, and he's never never wearing pants. Never wearing so, pants. And uh, does uh, does never. this character find things arousing? Does this character uh, is this part of the Aspergers? Does he bump into people? I mean, what, what kind of gags are we talking about with all this nudity? Well. You know that's a that's a character choice, really. That I, I'm going to let the actor explore. I'm going to I'm going to expect the the actor to do a a lot a lot of research, right. uh, really diving in. Sure. Uh, the way that um, you know, uh, the, what's his face, Daniel Day Lewis, kind of would really spend months and months getting into the role. I'm going to expect that replace this part to Daniel Day Lewis this role. Okay. So just FYI, get a ticket to Detroit right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go uh, to my local library. I'm gonna go online. I'm gonna book a ticket to Detroit. I'm gonna take my pants off, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm trying to find somebody to be my brother, I guess, and I'll walk around and, uh, uh, and just see see where it takes me. I, I thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm very excited, and uh, at some no point, problem. I would like to get your home phone number so that I could, uh, you know, uh, update you with my progress. And uh, maybe a mailing address, sure, or even 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 like uh, the address to your parents' house, or so, something like that. Uh, oh, sure, I'll uh, I'll give I'll give you that off air. Thank you, thank you. It's it's been so wonderful talking to you, Todd. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to say about it's a disaster? Where can people uh, where can people no, see this? Uh, people can see it wherever movies are available. You can get it on Netflix, on iTunes, on demand, on Amazon, uh, your local library. That's not even a joke. You can actually go to your library and, and find it. Uh, really, wherever movies are available, you know, on, in hotels. I think it's in hotel rooms right now. Fantastic. But I just want to thank you for hang, having me. I'm a longtime listener, first-time caller. Well, Big we fan of the show. Definitely and, appreciate uh, the call. What you're doing. Love your work, and I would absolutely recommend. No it's a disaster. I, I I laughed so hard that I I pulled a muscle in in my stomach, and it was Ooh. very uncomfortable for about three weeks. But I would say worth it. 
uh, it was it was a disaster in its own way. But uh, uh, again, thank you so much. I'm a, I'm a huge fan, and you're a very handsome young man. And uh, I uh, I hope to see you again sometime on Parks and Rec. Yes, we'll we'll do it again, all again, one day. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Todd Berger. It wasn't he great? Is doesn't he sound like a talented guy? Doesn't he sound like a straight shooter and a sharp razor, or whatever the expression is? He, he, he's a he's a clever gentleman. He's a he's a, he's a funny redhead. He's a, he's a man who uh, knows how to make a film. That makes two of us. Uh, hopefully, coming up at some point. And make the stutter work for you. That's what they say. Use it. <laughs>